Welcome to Life from the Well. We're here to share our perspectives with stories from the service industry. I'm your bartender, Joey. And I'm your barback, Peter. I'll keep the ice full. Welcome back, everybody, to Life from the Well, where the drinks are cold and the stories are hot. I know you missed me, Quit Joey. stealing catchphrases. <laughs> uh, today's specialty is going to be a <laughs> Moscow Mule. Uh, on the menu today, we are going to be having bacon Don't burgers do. with Mac that Salad. Our special guest tonight is mm-hmm. Alan Mullen. Alan, so tell us a little bit about yourself, sir. Um, almost 10 years working security. Nightlife. That's a big thing that I do. Um, 2011 was the first year I started. Uh, eight years. Yeah, eight years. Nice. Yeah. So eight years. And then, then um, work security, Bellevue, Seattle, Kirkland, South Center, White Center, all that stuff. All up and down. Yes. The Seattle cityscape. So, yes. So sorry. Um, what exactly do you do? Um, as of right now, I uh, usually will do. I do front door security, VIP security, depending on the venue if they need it. I'll do escort security. So usually security from whatever venue to whatever venue. Some it has been the stadium a couple times to a hotel. It's been a hotel to a nightclub a couple times. Um, I've opened. Uh, up bars with uh, celebrity protection, like I would do security for that. Um, and then um, sometimes I just do door stuff, or I just like sit and chill. But I run teams, I train teams, like security consulting for a few teams. But yeah, nice, very mm, cool, a lot of stuff. What would you say got you um, got you into that? What got you started into security? Were you looking around and thinking, I want to do that? It's just something more I was more naturally inclined to do. I've always just been naturally inclined to protect people. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just did. Um, the first time was my grandma and my grandpa were arguing in the living room. And I just remember my little sister was like super tiny and she started crying. And so then I grabbed her and I took her outside and I walked her out to the front yard. And we just like put her in her little ball and I just covered her. And my grandparents like came out and saw, and they started crying because they're like, "Oh, whoa, big brothers protecting little sister." That's really sweet. But then, then it went from like that to like high school, where like I started getting into boxing, and a lot of my friends were like wanted to learn how to fight, and I I felt it was fun to teach people how to fight. Mm-hmm. And then it was like they got picked on at school, and then I stepped in for them and fought for them. And then it was like we go to house parties. You're their champion. And yeah, pretty much. Like if there was like, Alan, this guy's fucking doing this. This guy's fucking doing that. I'd be like, sure, I'll go fight him. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I would go fight him. It was fun because it gave me essentially like reason to train, you know, like reason yeah. to like, like when you learn boxing or you learn like Taekwondo or Muay Thai or anything like that, you really kind of think to yourself like, what is actually applicable? Mm-hmm. Like what can I do in real life? Right. Like learning all the fancy like tornado kicks and all this stuff it's cool but it's like how many times are you ever going to execute that in a real yeah, life sure. situation so like have you ever had to or been able to to kick somebody yeah um just front kicking yeah for front kicking doesn't count yeah. i mean the front kicking is usually just a push kick or a teep which is a it is it is a push kick but it's just creating separation or I'm shut like kicking somebody into something. It's usually like a chair or like, like that spark like that Spartan kick, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Front kicks yeah. are they're fun because they're low risk. Yeah. Um 
you know, you can throw a couple combinations and then you just throw out a front kick and you're mm-hmm. facing your opponent the whole time. Yeah. So you're yeah. seeing their reaction, their timing for front kicks. And you don't even have to hit them square in the chest. You can hit them like in the hip mm-hmm. or you can hit them in the leg. And they don't have to be square to make it the desired effect. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Um, anyways, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, love, I love kicking people. Yeah. I just, you know, I love martial arts. And then I started teaching people that. And then it was randomly, I was working at McDonald's and McDonald's was like, I remember it was like Friday and Saturday and we'd have these high school nights because I, I lived in Sammamish and in Sammamish they had three they had three high schools within a mile of each other. They had Skyline, Eastside Catholic, and Eastlake, all three in that row. And they would all come on Fridays for their Friday night football and mm-hmm. we'd uh, shut the we would shut the uh, lobby down at 11 and run the drive through till 2. And so I'd have to go out and kick everybody out. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be pulling drinks. Yeah. And the drinks I'd be pulling would be, be kids that were stole the wa- that stole the sodas out of the water cups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like pulling drinks out of kids' hands and kicking them out of the. Mm-hmm. That was my first start as a bouncer. Yeah, and then fucking. Uh, we went to. Um, I remember. I remember it was like the week, but I was we were partying a lot in downtown Kirkland. It was when Tiki's and Lake Street and mm. that whole thing was going on. Yeah, and so we went down there drinking, and drinking, and drinking. And they were like, "Oh, have you heard of Munch Bar?" Blah blah. blah. I was like, "Man, fuck Munch Bar. I hate. I hate <laughs> nightclubs. I hate nightclubs. Nightclubs have dress codes. Nightclubs have cover. Nightclubs are have pretentious people. They have fucking people I don't want to talk about." And so. We go there, and me being always the guy that steps in for fights and shit, we had a scuffle, a couple broke up a couple people from fighting. We went inside, and I get inside, and I'm sitting there like, dude, I don't want to be here. Already, before mm-hmm. I got inside, I got denied on the door because mm-hmm. I had a uh, – it was St. Patrick's Day, and I had a, a Boston Celtics jersey on oh, oh, and no. a black T-shirt on. They're like, you can't come in with a jersey. And I was like, all right, well, already, fuck this place. This is St. Patrick's Day. What do you mean? Yeah. And so – we go in there, and um, I try to stand at the VIP section. Can't stand there. Try to stand by the DJ booth. Can't stand there. Try to stand by the well. Can't stand there. You know, I'm like, yeah. what the fuck, bro? So I'm like in the corner by this fucking. You can't stand there. Yeah, I was in the corner by this fucking uh, the exit door, and the guy, uh, this guy starts walking up to me. I'm like, oh my god, this fucking bouncer is gonna mm-hmm. fuck with me. I'm gonna hit him in the fucking face. That's all I'm gonna do. As soon as he comes up to me, I'm just gonna be like, if he tells me to move, I'm gonna hit him in the fucking face. And he comes up to me and he goes, you want a job? <laughs> and I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I do want a job. <laughs> and that's that's literally how I became a bouncer. And then uh, it was like, I remember we had the first uh, security meeting and they were like, all right, stay in your places. Just because we have a fight break off in one side doesn't mean that the entire security team has to run over there. Mm-hmm. And so they were always saying that, and they were always saying that, and there's a lot of people that was listening to what they were doing, but I couldn't. I always wanted to be involved. I always felt like I had to be involved, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if I wasn't getting involved, I wasn't doing enough. And so so uh, there was this fight that was building up on, on the uh, – there was this fight that was building up right by the well in this kitchen. And uh, we come over there, and they're like, Alan, stay back. I was like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm giving you some distance, but I'm not going to fucking not be involved. And sure shit, a four-on-four broke out. Um, uh, Joe, you were working there at the time when that shit happened. But yeah, it was right. like this like f- bro, this brawl broke out, and then <laughs> we started roping people up and dragging people out, and then fucking uh, they started looking at me as like the, oh, he's actually dependable, you know? And then it was like one thing after another. I ended up becoming the security manager, and then that whole clusterfuck nice. happened. But, yeah, that's how I became a bouncer. Nice. Mm-hmm. 
That's a long ass awesome. roundabout way. <laughs> I remember back in those days. So, uh, Munch Bar was like one of your first bouncing gigs. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yes, uh, my first official on the on the uh, the bill or the what the fuck is that called? Resume. On the paper, on the papers. Oh, right. You know, not under the table. Right. Yeah, first yeah. official job. First official, like, resume. this is what I'm here for to so do. So just show them getting a handful of cash at the end of the night. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I did one of those at, uh, uh, I forget. Down, it is in Belltown. What, what's the, the clubs in Belltown? There is. Uh, one of them. Tealoos. That was there. the one. Okay. Tealoos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did one night there, and I don't think I was assertive enough because I never got a call back. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure you don't got to bleep their name out, right? Because they're gone. Yeah, that's not even they a place Is Tiki Bob still down there? Hmm? In, in, uh, I don't think so. In, ba- yeah. in Kirkland? No, 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 no. In downtown oh, Seattle. Tiki Joe's. Um, there's Tiki Joe's. Off of uh, First and King. Is that Teeny Biggs, you think? No. No, there's Tiki Bob's. Tiki, Tiki Bob's. Because the, the guys that so used to all work at Tiki Bob's now are pretty much <laughs> all the office administration for lucky strike (laughs) i I had a buddy of mine like one of my best friends um he he was like dude you should come down and work a shift you should come down and get a job you're a big motherfucker people would be scared of you (laughs) and so i'm like all right cool cool, they start talking to him you're like hey guys hey guys (laughs) yeah no i thought you know i'm an actor i can act like i'm big and tough and i can you know get get in people's way and throw my weight around Mm -hmm. i get down there my first day shots go off and i'm like did somebody just shoot a gun mm. uh, and they were like yeah and i'm like i'm out <laughs> yeah. i'm like i i'm not that tough <laughs> no and it, it's there we have like, seattle has so many shootings that go on on a weekend fuck saturday night down in uh, west down in the west lake train station uh it was like just a couple blocks away from my work someone got well the one person was killed and two people were injured and then they were like just looking for the guy. <laughs> so we're like, Maybe we should lock our doors and yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. hide behind concrete. When I was working earlier this year, there was a guy that uh, came out of the venue, of our venue, I guess at the time. That they were fine. They were all fine when they were coming out of the venue. But what happened was is everybody started hanging out in the parking lots. Mm-hmm. And security, we don't really stretch out to go out in the parking lots. Yeah, It's too much of a liability. Yeah. Like We go out there and try to tell people to move, and then we get shot. Yeah, with that's... Like, like AR fire, yeah. pistol fire. Like There's no reason for it. We don't get paid enough to do that shit. Mm-hmm. No. Stay um, in the building. <laughs> no, take a bullet to the chest. Yeah. Bar's not going to cover that shit. No. Not if they don't want to. But um, anyways, so this fucking... These guys get into an argument. Dude pops the trunk and pulls a gun out, and he shoots him from what I think it was like four or five times, and then he stood over him and shot him again. Uh, four geez. or five times. I actually have the video of the SWAT team showing up. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, mm. yeah it was. Fuck. And that was, and then and then what happened was they had they were having multiple shootings. This was this year. Mm-hmm. They were having multiple shootings in the Pioneer Square area, and so they were stat they were um, staffing more police officers in the Occidental Washington uh, intersections where essentially Box House and Trinity and Fuel and all those intersections are or mm-hmm. the, those venues and. One of these, the guys came out of uh, the venue I was working at, and he goes out, and they start arguing with another people, same parking lot, and uh, completely separate, but he doesn't see that there's like seven or eight cops standing on the intersection, Mm -hmm. and so he gets mad, he starts cussing the guys out, he goes to his trunk, pops the trunk, pulls his gun out, starts shooting 
at the people that he was in an argument with. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't see all those cops. The cops were right And there. so yes. cops were right there. And so they yeah. pulled their guns out and they just hail a gunfire. He went down. Stuff you can actually look it up online. It was it happened to, you can just look at Pioneer Square Police gun, mm-hmm. gun down this guy. But yeah, that's, yeah, it was crazy. But it just, it happens a lot in Seattle. But if it happens once in Bellevue, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, everyone Close it down. <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing this mm-hmm. anymore. <clears throat> you know, on this show, we've had a lot of uh, a lot of guests so far, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's been all you know front of the house, back of the house, and you're our first um, security officer, security guard, yeah. uh, bouncer. I I just do nightlife security. I don't know. I, and you don't you don't. I'm, I apologize I, I, if I remember talking to you earlier. You don't care for that term, bouncer. Well, I mean, it's just. With bouncers, it has a negative connotation. Yeah. Essentially, bouncers essentially imply that you're just uh, a meathead. Mm-hmm. You know, and the old school bouncers, the guys that sit on the sit on the door, cross their arms, check IDs, and break yeah. up fights. The guy, the guys in Roadhouse before Patrick Swayze shows up. <laughs> but see, that's the, the problem with those those guys. Those that position with that type of security is that it's all reactionary. It's not. They're not being proactive about anything. Mm-hmm. They're not doing. They're not being diligent about. You know. Um, uh, sobriety checks they're not checking ids properly they're allowing over service they're allowing sexual misconduct there could be some you know whatever like harassment or just suggestive comments to women that aren't being enforced because mm-hmm. he's just like i'm not it doesn't bother me so it right. shouldn't bother you um those are the old bouncers the security now well essentially that I have envisioned. What's funny is about the security is that there is actually in Seattle or in Washington, there is no like set standard and what kind of bouncer that you need to be. Mm-hmm. You're just a guy. We're in the RCW as like, there's like armed guards, there's observing report security. Then they actually have it in the RCW bouncers. Um, and essentially how the laws apply with that is mutual combat use of force and all that stuff in the, in the state of Washington. So that allows bouncers or security to work without guard cards in the state of Washington. Mm-hmm. California, you have to have a guard card. I think in like Massachusetts, a lot of those liberal blue states. Mm-hmm. I mean, Washington's liberal blue, but the, the self-defense laws are actually pretty um, relaxed here. Um, so anyways, we don't have to have guard cards. And because of that, there's no set standard of what kind of security guy you're hiring. Mm-hmm. And for me, I apply my skill set on how I envision a security guy would be essentially I wanted to like kind of uh, create a, a business company like of like security protection and call it like big brother, big brother bodyguards or whatever the fuck. Yes. But okay. it's really just essentially like the security guy that you would be hiring would be a guy that is, feels like your older brother, mm-hmm. you know, someone yeah, that's someone like, someone that wants to protect that you, trusts like. you, that wants, mm-hmm. that wants you there, you know? And mm-hmm. so that's the kind of, not, that's the kind of security that I like to provide is that you feel like when you're at the nightclub or when you're out walking about, you've got your older brother with you. Mm-hmm. That's the type of yeah safety that I like to provide. And that's how nice. the people that I train, that's what I like to train them yeah. like. To make sure that the, the, the people that are going out actually feel safe and yeah. protected. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I see the bigger picture. I don't just see it as like a collect a paycheck and move on. Yeah. Like I see there's an untapped a lot of the security guys out here really don't know what they're doing or they're too expensive to to pay for, you know? And so that's why I was just like, oh, this would be kind of a good idea. But 
who knows? <laughs> See where that goes. Like, like I was saying, and, and I, that was all. I, I loved every second of that. Um, Thank you. Um, yeah, it's like, yeah, we get a lot of these stories from you know the servers, the hosts, the bartenders, the the kitchen staff, you know, chefs and and prep cooks and things like that. Um, what about you? Like, what are some like funny or crazy stories that you've had to deal with or that that have happened to you? Oh, I mean. I guess it would just depend on the city. Uh, there's a lot of funny things that have happened to me. Um, <laughs> uh, hey, can I time out real quick? Yeah. Um, we never did our shot. We got yeah. We usually start with a shot. Oh. I think we even cheered. We cheersed our beers, but we never did the shot. <laughs> need beginning welcome shots. Oh, Kelly. <laughs> Kelly's reminding us we need to do nice. alcohol. We dove right into it. I like it. I like. I like where we're going. It's just, yeah. Well, can't forget our standards. Cheers. Welcome, Alan. <laughs> cheers. Welcome, Alan. Cheers. Salud. It's nice. Oh yeah, damn, that's smooth. Like I said, um, mm. you know, you you wrote in in um, in the survey that you like Jameson. I do. And so Kelly was like, "Hey, can you get a bottle?" And I was like, "I." I think I got something better. Like I, I sent you that picture. I was like, well, which one do you want? You're, you're our guest. We mm. want, want to make sure that you're happy and you feel comfortable. Mm. You know, we want, we want to make sure you feel safe. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely feel uh, comfortable. And, and at my store, we, we got these in like last week and I was like, actually, I want to try this cause I like bail breaker. Mm. You know, they're, they're a good beer. Mm. And, uh, since Jameson's been doing this cask mates collection, I just thought it'd be really fun. So, Cheers to you, sir. Yeah, I love Jameson. Yeah. Working in the industry, I've become a big fan of Jameson. Jameson. Yeah. Especially those bartender balls. Bartender <laughs> balls. What are bartender balls? Uh, aren't <laughs> you I'll a show, bartender? I'll show you, I'll show you <laughs> later, Pete. It's been a while. It's been like 10 years. <laughs> mm. I'll show you later. <laughs> I don't want to see your ping pong balls. So it's essentially a paid promotional night. Oh. So like, oh, like Jameson puts on a night. Mm-hmm. Bart- yeah, free okay. everything. I was like, yeah. I was thinking like it's a bartender shot, balls. and they're oh, called no. bartender balls. I'm like, no. <laughs> what goes in a bartender ball? <laughs> no. No, I wouldn't want to know one of that. <clears throat> Probably salty or something. Oof. Well, they're Joey's. Let's <laughs> 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 not get into that. Unless you want. No, people don't want to hear about that. Um, I was gonna say something. Oh, Jameson. It's the. It was like the first whiskey i ever drank it was the first shot i think i ever like sought out and did like intentionally was was my uh it's my way of being a, a dignified bartender it's like i'll go to drink something and i was irish and so i was like i should drink irish because i feel like that you know if it grows together it goes together kind of thing so that <laughs> yeah. was the thought it's like i'll drink the stuff from where my ancestors are from and it'll give me some sort of Mine was buffalo some sort of connection with, with you actually oh, i buff- was not much of a of a bourbon or a whiskey drinker and joey's like he's like i need to ride home and I'm going to give you something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're like sitting on his front porch. And drinking whiskey. Drinking Buffalo Trace. I'm like, damn, this is actually really good. Smoking cigars. Yeah. Maybe. Jameson was like my intro to whiskey. Mm-hmm. Bushmills was just a little too strong. Yeah. Burn for, but now it doesn't burn People anymore. used to say that like they were like, oh, Bushmills was like the fancier one. But I always, I always preferred Jameson, personally. My friend would always call it the creature. The, which one? Bushmills. Oh, yeah. The creature. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so getting back on track. Yes. Back to your story, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. For, um, so we interrupt the story for stories. alcohol. I mean, I guess, like, as, like, we go and talk about just industry, I could just, like, interject with, like, stories. Because there's, like, stories that kind of just... The pop in. 
propagate to anything. Yeah. Yeah. This is just like pops in my head. I'm like, oh yeah, there was this one crazy night. Um, I don't know. Well, one of, okay, one of my favorite stories to get, to get the the Jew, the creative yeah, uh, yeah, thought yeah. flow going. Um, one of my favorite stories that you've told me before is the wedding party, the bridesmaids, uh, the wedding party, or the, or the... Oh, fucking wedding party. <laughs> yeah, that was in Kirkland. Um, Kirkland, yeah. Yeah, Kirkland. It was. Uh, so I was working at this Irish pub. I guess, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> we didn't do anything wrong, so fuck them. Yeah. Uh, not, the, not the pub, yeah. but the people. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so, bottom line is we were, uh, hold on, I'm trying to remember how this went down. Okay, so, I was working the front door, and I had a buddy of mine. He was working the side door, I was working the front door, it was a busy night. And this wedding party comes in at the end of the night. It's like one fifteen, but we usually do light, lights up at like one ten. so they're coming in when the lights are, lights are up. Um... So we bring, they brought the lights up slow. They cut the music. And uh, what happened was there was no music playing. And we called like, uh, last call. But the back of the bar, I guess, didn't hear it. And that's mm-hmm. where all the wedding people were. And there was like 20 or 30 of them. And um, so I'm out back at the front because I'm handling money. And it's on the side door. And he's kind of walking around. He's letting everybody know. And uh, the best man of the wedding comes over to the bartender and he goes hey man like what's what's up with the music like we've got like 30 minutes like you just play my ipod just play my ipod and uh <laughs> i solved the problem yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the bartender's just like no we're closed like with the last call already happened not playing the music we can play music but we're just not playing the music he's like, we'll play the music dude i brought like 30 people here like keep this fucking place going he's like no we're not gonna we're not gonna play any more music we're done <laughs> and he goes well that's fucking bullshit he's just like blah blah and he, like bartender got like was just like whatever blah 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 blah. and then the best man got mad called him a faggot and then the bartender was just like whatever dude i don't care and then the best man upped it and was just like i'll fucking kill you and so the bartender was like all right this guy said he was gonna kill me kick him the fuck out <laughs> so he's that's the best the man and uh he's with the groomsman, the bridesmaid, and whoever the fuck else went to the bar, uh, to the wedding. The bride is there, but she's somewhere off. I don't know. She comes up later in the story. But, uh, <laughs> um, comes up and down. So I go. Um, so I go. So I'm at the front door. And goes over to the fucking uh, to the group, and he's trying to find the best man. But everybody's running intervention, or not intervention. They're running uh, interference. They're interference. They're running interference. They're like, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. They're like putting their hands up. No, it's okay, big man. Like, it's okay. Let him, let him be. Let him be. We've got like 30 minutes. And he can't just like just he can't handle all that many people like talking and yelling at him, putting their hands on him. So uh, he's just like, I fucking fuck, and he like freaks out and he grabs his head. He's like, I fuck, fuck. And then the bartender's like, Alan, we need you over here. Mm-hmm. And I operate a little differently, and I was just like, What's going on? And they're like, the best man threatened to kill me. You need to kick him out. I was like, What's he look like? He's the guy in that. He's like wearing some vest mm-hmm. that was like a noticeable color. I don't particularly remember. He's like, It's that guy right over there. I was like, Okay, cool. So I'm walking through the crowd, and they're all trying to run interference. Like, no, no, it's okay, it's okay. And I'm just like, stiff arm, stiff arm, stiff arm. You're not the person I'm trying to talk to. Get out of my fucking way. And so I'm pushing him out of the way, pushing him out of the way, and I get to the guy. And he's just like, I was like, hey, man, it's time for you to go. And he goes, who, me? I was like, yeah, it's time for you to go. He goes, I'm not going anywhere. I was like, yeah, you're going somewhere. He's like, no, I'm not. I was like, I'm with 20, 30 of my friends. I was like, when you threaten to kill the bartender, you can't stay here anymore. He goes, I'm not fucking going anywhere. You're not making me move. And I was just like, you can either do this the easy way or the hard way. You can walk out on your own or I'm going to drag you out. He goes, I'm with 20 or 30 of my friends. You're not touching me. And I'm like, I see 20, but I count three. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where I'm at right now. And I was just like, you can do this this way or you can fucking get, you can get dragged out in cuffs. 
He goes, whatever, man, blah, blah, blah. And he starts to take a sip and starts walking towards the, the door. I was like, no, nah, I also said you were done with your, your beer. And he goes, he's like, whatever. And he goes to sip. And I take his beer and rip it. And he, we start wrestling for the beer. So I uh, take the beer out of his hand, set it on the table, start walking. And I'm walking through the crowd. And the whole uh, wedding party is all, like, angry at me. They're all fucking like, what the fuck, bro? And they're touching me on the shoulders. And I'm like, fuck off. Don't touch me. Just get him outside. Just get him outside. It's like... 135 140 at this point mm-hmm. and um so we're getting we're getting towards the door we come out on the patio and we're walking towards the patio and then they start like up in the ante mm-hmm. and i see i remember walking by this she was like five foot four five foot five just brunette maybe 120 pounds and she's got like kill in her eyes she's just like with your fucking drink like ready i was like this bitch is gonna throw uh-huh. this drink in my face <laughs> so I'm going, I rock, walk right up to her she's like fuck you just threw the fucking drink in my face i was like god damn it you're coming with me too now <laughs> so i'm dragging her and him through these fucking the patio mm-hmm. and the guy's wrestling me so i'm bouncing him into fucking furniture because i just like to do that and yeah. so fucking well, we're going this way and so we get to the top of the stairs and i kind of send the girl down she kind of grabs the railing and starts walking down and i look at the guys like go down the stairs and he's just like I'm going to make this my Alamo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, fuck you. Fuck you. I'm not going anywhere. I was like, bro, you made it this far. Six more steps and you're out of my jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. I, I don't give a fuck about what you do after six more steps. <clears throat> he's like, fuck you. I'm not going anywhere. And um, so I start arguing, start arguing. And then he fucking shoves me. So then I shove him. And then at this point, people are starting to grab me on the back and shit. So I was like, fuck it. I started shoving him down the stairs. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I get him down the stairs. He's holding on the railing, just fucking one hand at a time. And um, so I get him down the stairs, and then everybody just it became king of the hill. Like, everybody was just like, let's throw this big motherfucker down the stairs. Mm. And so they're all trying to, like, <laughs> throw me down the stairs, and I'm just fucking bucking one after one. At this point, I was 370 <laughs> pounds. Like, you're not really going to move me if I don't want you to move me. Right, and right. so they're trying to, like, pull me. Like, and I'm like, nope, you're going down the stairs. You're going down the stairs. It's like fucking Oprah. You're yeah. going down the stairs. Like, <laughs> yeah, going- pretty much. <laughs> and so, um, well, they're throwing down the stairs and, uh, he gets up to the, the, this is where the bride comes up. She goes, what the fuck's going on? Bartenders are out there trying to argue and calm everybody down. The fucking, the rest of the bar has chose their side and their mm-hmm. side was the bar. And so they all like lined up Smart. on the patio looking down at the fucking stairs, talking shit to everybody. That's there. <laughs> Fuck you, wedding party. You guys fucking suck. Nobody has left the bar yet. We've already been last call 30 minutes ago. Yeah. And fucking, uh, and everybody's just flipping them off. And, uh, um, I wouldn't leave either. I would totally, <laughs> I, would, that, I, would, yeah. I would totally and, watch at that. At that point, back. at that point, we became like, the patio versus the alley and people mm-hmm. were talking shit and we like security was telling the patio people to stop talking shit because <laughs> like, all they're doing is making it worse right. well the bride sees me and she's like what the fuck she comes up to my she comes up to the stairs she's like you ruined my fucking wedding and i was like talk to your fucking best man he's the one that ruined the fucking wedding." she's like fuck you and in my head i was like oh she's got a patron shot and she's gonna slap me she's mm-hmm. gonna throw this drink <laughs> sure as shit mm-hmm. she threw the drink spit on my chest and slapped me in the face i was like i don't even care if it's your wedding Boom! And I shoved her down the stairs. She grabbed the hand railings, and they're like, "They're like, oh, you can't hit a girl." I was like, "I don't give a fuck." She's fucking attacking me, and she just spit on me. That's felony assault. Mm-hmm. Fuck that shit. Yeah. So I'm like, going, I'm like, go down the fucking stairs. She didn't do end over end. She didn't tumble down the stairs. She, I pushed her into the railing. She grabbed the railing, and then she fucking just was holding on the railing as I'm shoving her down. It's kind of like when your friend's trying to come out of a pool, and you're yeah. just fucking shoving. He's like, get down. There. Yeah, like, no, you're not coming down. And that's it's the same. It's the same thing I did. Uh, so after I get done with that, uh, I get back up to the top 
and it's fucking trying to keep people from he's like midway down the stairs and he's trying to people to not fucking get up and he's kind of pushing and shoving and pushing and shoving and i'm just like get your fucking ass back up here and he fucking <laughs> looks at me and there's some guy yanks him by his fucking um his jacket sleeve mm-hmm. and pulls him down and they pull him down and then they bend him over and they hit him in the back of the head and so i was like god damn it now i gotta go down there so mm-hmm. i go down there and i fucking immediately pick two guys up and i throw them into the bushes and then to this day, you can go to that venue and you look at the bushes, and there's two indentations <laughs> of those bushes. It's hilarious. <laughs> and then um, it's some permanent damage. It's some permanent yeah, damage. They broke, they broke branches on the way down, so they straight up left a mark. Um, so I start wrestling them. The bartenders come downstairs, and everybody's breaking it up, breaking it up. And then the bartender touches me. But at this point, mm. it's me versus whoever the fuck is yeah, around me. So I'm like, yeah. nobody touch me. If someone touches me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hurt them. Yeah. So the bartender puts his hand on his shoulder, like, chill out. And I rotate his hand and I shove him into the bushes. He's like, "Whoa, wait!" <laughs> and uh, same time, like, same time. I was like, "Matt, you can't fucking touch me, dude! Like, you can't touch me right now." Yeah. Full on kung fu panda. Like, don't touch me. And uh, we fucking. Uh, so uh, we get to the top of the stairs, and they're fucking. They're cussing me out. They're cussing me out. They're cussing me out. And the fucking one of the other bartenders that was kind of like not a part of it was like, "What the fuck happened?" Blah blah blah. And he was the bar manager, and the bar manager, he's just like, what the fuck happened, blah, blah, blah. And then my favorite quote of that entire night was when he, the fucking best man is at the bottom of the stairs. They're all fucking cussing the patio group out. They're cussing me out. Fucking bar manager's confused. Bartenders are yelling. And the fucking best man looks at me, and he goes, I don't know. Why don't you ask that 700-pound E-Honda-looking motherfucker up there? <laughs> and I was just like, in my head, I was laughing so hard. Because it's like 700-pound E-Honda. I was like, that was perfect. Because I was at the top of the stairs doing yeah. that straight. Like, what the fuck, the fuck you do, you know? And just shoving everybody down the stairs. I was like... In his drunken anger, awesome. that was one of the best quotes I've ever seen. That's I was just like, good. in another life, we could have been friends. Yeah. <laughs> we probably could have been friends. We grew up playing the same video games, yeah. bro. Yeah. Oh, that was one of my favorite fucking... Yeah. That happened three years ago. Man. Yeah. Three years ago. Oh, man. That's pretty epic. That is a good damn story. Yeah. <laughs> 700-pound E-Honda, motherfucker. Hashtag E-Honda. I got yeah. stories attached to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. I follow you on Facebook and Instagram and shit like that. Stalker. I know mm-hmm. I'm such a stalker. Um, now I saw what was it like last week? Mm-hmm. I think it was oh, yeah. you, like you were down downtown in Soto, and yeah. and I saw you and you were like you know just just kind of shadow boxing oh, with this too. motherfucker, yeah. and he looked like he was serious, like <laughs> trying to scary. trying to get into a fight with you, and you looked like you were just you know I'm cat and mouse playing with him, <laughs> playing with him. Yeah. And you were like, come on, come on. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened? What was that about? So I'll tell you how it started. Essentially, from what he knew, he, like he came in with the knowledge that he didn't have an ID. And he wouldn't give, they wouldn't give him weed. Hmm. And so I was working upstairs. I'm the security manager at one of the recreational shops. And I'm upstairs. I'm also the purchasing manager there too. So... Not only am I watching cams, but I'm also doing emails and shit. Um, so he, so he's downstairs. Security's like, no, you can't come in. Like, there's already like your ID, blah blah blah. It's like, sorry, go get a new ID. So the guy makes it a, a point to stand outside in public property and start screaming and fucking. Like, I want my motherfucking weed. Fuck you, motherfuckers. Mm. Blah blah blah. And starts hitting the fucking walls and all that shit and scaring the shit out of customers. He like pops his head in, swings the door up. And he's like, "Fuck you, motherfuckers!" <laughs> blah blah blah. Like I just want my motherfucking weed. And so 
I'm like, what the fuck's going on down there? And so I go downstairs, and security is like, oh, this guy. And essentially, if I'm present, the secure, the active security kind of just like listens to what I say. So like, pretty much, if I'm like, you don't engage, they leave it alone. Or if I'm like, they let me take point and all mm-hmm. of it. So that's why the guy wanted to fight me. Cause I go down, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, how come you guys haven't told him to move forward or move on? And he's like, well, he's on public property. I was like, yes, but he's harassing customers. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I get that he is on public property, but when he's harassing customers, threatening customers and making customers feel unsafe, we actually have jurisdiction to make him move, move down the street. And so, they're like, oh, okay. And, you know, that's a litigation thing. I, mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense for them to not really understand the, like how far their jurisdiction actually right. goes. Just protecting um, you. Yeah, but if, we're custom, if a customer leaves the store or tries to walk to their uh, vehicle, we're still technically liable for that stuff. So we have to mm-hmm. make sure that those people are, you know, safe. If we offer, if, if a venue offers a security service, there is a reasonable liability for those securities. So it's called a failure to protect. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in civil lawsuits. Well, mm-hmm. I've been through like four civil lawsuits. Not for me I was, as like a defendant or a plaintiff, but more as a material witness. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. why were you here and what, what what did you do? And, you know, and then so I got to sit in for all that stuff. And failure to protect is one of the most commonly, um, what's the word? Cited. Cited. It's one of the most commonly cited laws for civil lawsuits for people when they're suing venues yeah, that right. provide security and services. someone gets in a fight outside. Exactly. And, they, and up, we didn't break it up. Yes. Yeah. There's a reasonable amount. But see, then they got to prove, like, you know how civil lawsuits are. It's 50-50. You got to mm-hmm. have it swing one way or the other. You don't have to have a majority. You don't have to have, like, a, what's well, like, an, an all 100% agreement. It just mm-hmm. has to unanimous. swing into the majority. Yeah, unanimous. Um, <clears throat> but with civil lawsuits, if they can prove that there was – some any neglect, re- any, any 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 indication of failure to protect, mm-hmm. then security is liable, which makes the venue liable. Then people can sue the venue, mm-hmm. um, and so liability is huge. And so I was just like, he's threatening customers, blah blah blah. So we tell him to move, and so I tell him to move, and he's refusing to move, refuses multiple times. I've addressed that I'm security. I've addressed what I want him to do, and I address what I'm going to do to him if he doesn't move. And in Seattle, there the homeless population. You know, they don't, a lot of those people don't take showers and they don't care that they don't take showers. They don't Mm -hmm. care about personal hygiene. Well, the problem with that is that they're walking around talking and touching things. They're contracting a lot of like diseases and bacteria. And when you're working security, cops will tell you this too. EMTs, they won't work on people unless they don't have gloves Mm -hmm. because they don't have gloves. They can blood transfusion or anything like anything, skin, you know, any of that stuff will uh, will transfer. And so security guys are not, um, what's the word? Uh, they're subjected to it as well. Sure. They're not, you know. Um, but uh, so I'm like, hey, like you got to move down the road. And he's just like, no, no, no. So what I do with security is that homeless people, well, they care more about their possessions mm-hmm. than they do about themselves. So if you threaten to move their possessions, not destroy it, but if you threaten to touch their possessions, yeah. which you can legally do, um, then they will either attack you or comply with you. Mm-hmm. That's what I've learned in security working in Seattle is that you don't have to put hands on homeless people. Find out what they're guarding, grab it, and then just move it. You don't even got to search it, nothing. You just got to move it, and they will protect it with their life. Right. And so, it. yeah, and it's, it keeps me from touching that person. And if they do touch that person, then it's self-defense, mm-hmm. then mutual combat, and use of levels of escalation, use of force, all that stuff. Um, 
But yeah, so I was like, I was like, all right, man. Well, if you're not going to move, I need you to move your stuff. So I'm going to take your bike and I'm just going to move it down uh, past subway. And mm-hmm. the guy, and he's just like, you're not touching my fucking stuff. You're not touching my stuff. I was like, if you do not want me to touch your stuff, you can take your stuff and move it down the subway. Mm-hmm. And he goes. Fuck that, I'm not moving anywhere. This is public property. I was like, I get this is public property, but when you're scaring, harassing, and threatening our customers, we have to come out here and tell you to move down the street. Right. And he goes, fuck you, I'll move down the street, but when I move down the street, I'm going to bring my shit across the street, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to fight you. And I was just like, you can do that if you want. I'm not, I'll still be here. Okay. Like, I'm not going to run, yeah. but we are calling the police. So there is that. So whatever you decide to do after this, that's on you, because when they show up, that's on you. He's like, fuck you, and he flips me off, and he takes the bike, brings it across the street, and then he comes back across the street, and I'm like, hey, like, blah, 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 like, Devin, can you call 911? And so he's like, okay, cool. So he starts calling 911. He's on the phone. And um, Seattle PD, they work hard, Mm -hmm. but they have to prioritize their calls. Yes, sure. They have to. They're short-staffed. But when you say there's, like, a violent crime in act – they respond a little bit faster. And that's what pretty much what happened. The guy said he was going to fight me. And then this goes from what security, like, that I believe in is to what martial arts is what I believe in. And this is why I like talking about that. Like, a lot of my friends, security friends, have been making fun of me about this video because <laughs> I was just dancing and I never hit him. Yeah. And, and uh, he's just like, to. yeah. And so uh, he's like, why did you just, why didn't you just fucking floor him? I was like, because I was in control the whole time. Yeah. Like, I had the spacing. I had the range. the way you were moving, the way he was moving. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was like, Man, he's just his footwork, moving. he was dragging his feet. Yeah. He stumbled twice. Like, yeah. He, he was you one didn't even step touch away him, from... and he stumbled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he almost was, got he... run over by a bus at mm-hmm. one point. He, he kept did. backing up. There was, <laughs> he uh, backed up into the... You're like, watch out, there's cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were like, dude, 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 come back here. Come back yeah. here. Yeah. Like, I don't want to... Like, I want... Like, you want to fight me. You said you wanted to attack me. That's fine. But I'm not going to fucking run away. I'm going to defend myself. Yeah. And... Hold my ground. Yeah. So, I held my ground, and he fucking... And so, in boxing, when you put your hand out, what I was doing with the video, yeah. when you put your hand out, it's a, it's a few things. One, it's to gauge the range mm-hmm. and the distance of the other fighter. You're like, how far do I actually need to extend my arm before I actually can touch the other person? Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is, are they? how fast are they reacting to that lead hand? Is that lead hand a threat to them and so mm-hmm. if they're like actually addressing it with their lead hand or if they're actually accounting for it on a parry or using their footwork he didn't do any of that yeah. so that was my other signal and then the third thing was um with the jab hand he didn't treat it like a threat and because he didn't treat my jab hand as a threat i knew his skill level wasn't there yeah. like he just wasn't there like he'd been in street fights mm-hmm. before we he's been in street he fights trained. he he's been in people like caging up and i could have caged up and crashed on him but he would have just ran into traffic at that point Mm -hmm. so there was no point in for me to like bully you know not bully but like what's the word like bull rush bull rush in a Mm -hmm. in a in a boxing match because i can just defeat him with footwork and um so you can see in the video where i like i'm watching his feet and I see that he's dragging his lead foot. And so then there's a part where I back up onto, this, onto the sidewalk. I've watched this many times high, so I'm like. You <laughs> <laughs> broke down the footage. Uh, yeah. No, for real. Because like, yeah. I, I, those small things, I had to break it down to my security buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, those small things are what keep you safe. Yeah. Those mm-hmm. very minute, small techniques allows you to pace and control whatever situation you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And that's why. People are like, why do you always train martial arts? Why do you always train martial arts? I was like, so when the Seahawks play, do mm-hmm. they do none of them go and work out and train? Do they not run through plays? 
stuff like that. Yeah. They need to be prepared for every situation. I want yeah. I treat that the same way. This Just is the way I make money. Yeah. And I need to make sure that I take care of my body. Mm-hmm. That means not getting my ass kicked by people that I'm trying to fucking enforce security on. Exactly. And so if I understand the offense, it's easier for me to tailor my defense. So when I was... If I understand what kind of combinations he's bringing, if I look at his footwork, if I watch his stance, I can tell what kind of martial arts he's trying to bring with me, against me. I can tell, like, how fast he is by the range of his his body motions. There's a lot of mechanics that people with an untrained eye don't understand um, until it's put to work. Mm -hmm. And the one thing is, is that every time I put my hand in his face, it did two things. One, it deterred him from advancing. So he could never come forward because... He had to clear his um, arm's length distance and clear my arm's length distance mm-hmm. with me using my footwork. So he could never actually touch me. And that's what that's why I was always like, yeah, I'm always in control. Yeah. And the fact that he let his jab hand, he let my jab hand with within six inches of his face means that he didn't address my jab hand at all. So right. I'm like, not only could I like trap his hand and crash on his face or I could wrist lock, take to the ground, or I could just trap his hand and kick his feet out. There's a lot of different techniques that I could do. Mm-hmm. But because all those little indicators showed me that I didn't have to do that, there was no reason to. Yeah. So that's why I fucking, yeah. And so then you saw him like well, get, you- lose fucking energy and not want to fight. And he just thought I was being a pussy. But I was just like, you haven't made an, a real yeah. attack on me yet. And so I'm not taking it as a real threat. Yeah. I found that a lot with martial arts is the, the more you train, I feel like the less you have to, I mean, the less you have to use it to an extent. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you, the more it's less conflict and more in the head, you know, you're, you know, knowing the situation, knowing mm-hmm. all the, all those, you know, knowing your opponent, you know, mm-hmm. that, and that, that's really the mental game behind a lot of martial arts. Yeah. Too, which is, in martial arts, they call it, a, it's a point of reference. Mm-hmm. So, Every situation you're put in, you're trying to train for every situation that you put in. You're like, oh, well, what if he's at this distance? Or what if he's at this distance? Or what if my arm is tucked in one way? Or what if he's got me on the over? What if he's got me on the under? All those things you practice in, those are situationals. You create situationals for your opponent so that way your opponent can get used to those situationals. And when you get the used to those situationals, those are called point of references. So when you get to that point where he, like, tries to tackle you and you mm-hmm. sprawl, you're like, oh, I know where to go from the sprawl position. Right. Like you can an anaconda roll or you can roll onto his back and swivel. You can dig meat hooks in. There's a lot of really cool things you can do, yeah. but you have to train for that. Yeah. And my friends are talking about in the military. Repetition. Yeah. My friends in the military said that um, nobody rises to the occasion. No one. And in all life, it's the amygdala hijack that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. In all life, it's fight or flight. So nobody ever rises to the occasion. People only revert to their weakest point. Mm-hmm. Which is why um, we have fire exits. So a perfect example about people reverting to their weakest point is that, one, if there are no fire exits, it has been scientifically proven that people will only exit the way that they entered. So if they, like, if you went into an unfamiliar uh, territory, like you went into, like, a movie theater, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say you go into the movie theater and a shooting happens in the movie theater. You're going to go right out the same way you came, right? Because you want to get out the fastest way possible but when you're in the amygdala hijack where it's a fight or flight your body is only going where do i remember this place how do i remember the layout like how mm-hmm. do i remember this layout the layout it's was the map in your brain the map in your brain was yeah. the map of how you came in is how you're going to come out mm-hmm. unless someone designates exit door signs if someone exit dates uh designates 
exit door signs and trains you to go every time you're in a stressful situation look up Mm -hmm. if you see the exit door sign you know that's an exit to the outside and Mm -hmm. that's why people revert to their weakest point so you only revert to the training that you've been taught so if you've been taught no training you're either going to fight flight or freeze Mm -hmm. those are the actual three but if you receive some training you revert to whatever training you do if actually if there was an earthquake right now what would we do under the table, table, right? But if you weren't trained that, what would you want to do? Leave the room, right? But in most training, so you revert to your weakest point. (laughs) Same thing with fire drills. If there's smoke in the room, get on the floor, you hit Mm -hmm. the deck. You wouldn't know that if you weren't taught a respect for the smoke. The only way you were taught respect for the smoke is that you were trained to think so. Mm -hmm. That's that's why the military says nobody rises to the occasion. Mm -hmm. Everybody reverts to their weakest point, and their weakest hmm. point is whatever training you received. So, if nobody taught you to not talk to strangers, you're gonna fucking talk to strangers, right? right. So, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good uh, breaking point. Good breaking point. Okay, you want to get into the cocktails? Yeah. You thirsty? You want to do a beverage? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Twisted. Oh wait, no, I did drive. That's right. I'll make mine weak. <laughs> um, are we doing the history first? Yeah. How can I remember? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, uh, Alan, um, we had you fill out the form, our, our lovely form that you too can fill out if you go to lifefromthewill.com forward slash guest. Um, <laughs> and in that in that form, you told us your one of your favorite cocktails is the Moscow Mule. And yes. uh, so... Yes, so today, our cocktail is the Moscow Mule. Um, this is a fun one because the history on it is is kind of silly. It's like a it's less of a bar history and more of a marketing history. Um, it's it's uh, it, the the Moscow Mule was. Uh, let's see, nineteen forties. Um, so John G. Martin is the um, he he's the inventor of the Polaroid camera. And he also owned uh, the Smirnoff Vodka Company. And so John G. Martin's great idea back in the 40s um, for marketing, since there's no internet or anything, was to travel around from bar to bar and uh, sell his sell his vodka. And then he would take a picture with the bartender. Um, actually, it was the Moscow Mule. So they created a cocktail. And so you take a, bar t- a picture with the bartender holding the Moscow Mule um, with their patented copper cups and the Smirnoff vodka. Um, and then he would take that picture and go across the street and talk to their competition. Be like, look what your competition's selling. They've got a one up on you. And so then he would take a picture of that bartender and then he would just go to the next town and the next town and just work bartenders against each other and bars against each other until he got his vodka into every shelf. Um, and it's funny because his... Well, so the, the bar where it all started where um, supposedly... It originated the where John Martin uh, teamed up with a guy named Jack Morgan. He owned a bar called the Cock and Bowl, and um, he had at the time he had too much ginger beer in his inventory. You have John Martin who owns Smirnoff Vodka, and then Jack Morgan's girlfriend, who I don't have her name, um, but she owned a copper company. <laughs> and so it's like the three things that compose the Moscow Mule is vodka, ginger beer, and everybody drinks it out of the copper cup. And really, the only real reason you drink it out of the copper cup is because the bar's girlfriend owned copper, and he was just trying to, you know, work in some sort of uh, marketing niche. 
But it stays um, cold really nice. Yeah, yeah, it keeps it cold. I mean, it, the copper serves its purpose, but it's yeah. just kind of funny how it got in there. It was just kind of, they just had too much, or, you know, they, they had too much of a bunch of stuff, and so they just put it all together and created something. Um, and it, and uh, it's it's rumored that the, the, the creator of the drink, the true hero, is the bartender. Uh, that guy's <laughs> name was Wes Price. I think he's the one that took all that stuff and, and put it together. He was the bartender at the Cock and Bowl. But, you know, you have the owner of the bar and the owner of the vodka company, of course, going to take credit for something yeah. as famous as the drink. But I really, in my heart of hearts, think that it was probably, uh, it was good old Wes who created it. So you think he's, the bartender got dicked on that story? As, as usual. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty standard. <laughs> it's pretty standard. You know, the... Just Money the, writes the history books, right? Yeah. Just the creative brain behind it. They're not the guy with the... With the Polaroid yeah. camera, <laughs> We're working. He was working probably the. It. He was probably in the first picture in the first Polaroid. You know, with here's the drink I made, and they're like, "Look, look at the drink we made." Working at a um, a liquor store, I got a lot of people coming in. They're like, "Do you have copper cups? I need a copper cup." I'm like, "Are you making Moscow mules?" They're like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes it taste so much better." And like, Joey's told me this story before, and I'm like, I'm "Like, actually, you drink out of <laughs> copper. I mean, <laughs> copper has it's drinking out of metal. I always prefer to drink out of glass, just because I feel like glass." contributes the least amount of flavor to well, I mean drinking out of metal cans you my, always kind of get that tin yeah, taste totally. and my bottle. point my point is that that because you told me the history of it I I, I make an, an experience you're able, you're of, able to share that with them yeah like, and they they love the story and they you think don't need it's to super spend cool. $20 a cup oh they still buy copper cups yeah well they're fun to have <laughs> I've got several you know oh, I do too yeah uh, do we have uh, more? two more yeah. oh they're and they're in the bar that's Awesome. She, she got you. Kelly's got, got you. us set up. <laughs> She's the true hero here. Um, cool. So that's your history on the Moscow Mule. It's a, it's a marketing uh, cocktail that is delicious. Marketing gimmick, yeah, like gimmick that mm-hmm. turned out to be fan freaking tastic. Right. Well, ginger beer is such a versatile um, mixer, and for those of you who don't know the difference between ginger beer and ginger ale, it's really just more ginger it's a it's a gingery or <laughs> oh, okay. that's an actual it's word easy it's easier out. you can you can you can make um ginger beer with at home with just like water champagne yeast and fresh ginger and some sugar um oh. and it actually if you let it ferment long enough it'll actually get a little um a little percentage a little abv like anything that you can ferment yeah. um yeah so it's a it's a little simpler and it's a stronger ginger taste nice yeah, whereas that ginger ale thing is, is always comes off a little more sugary to me. All right, you're making me thirsty. Why don't you go make it? <laughs> cocktail time. Want to watch Joey make the cocktail? Find all of our videos on our website at lifefromthewell.com or go to YouTube and subscribe to our channel, Life From The Well. So... After that uh, wonderful little little demonstration, and uh, we're back, <laughs> and the history lesson yeah. on on Moscow mules, um, and you've had a chance to sip on this. What do you think, Alan? What do you think about the the Moscow the mule? Moscow mule, mule? Yeah. I like it. I love it on like a like a summer day, like a daytime drink. Yeah, it's my favorite daytime drink where I can get it and not be fully judged. Because <laughs> <laughs> I like three three drinks. Yeah. Um, but during the wintertime, that should come out. Usually it'll be like Smith & Wesson. Nice. It's even a more fruity drink, but it's got cream in it. <laughs> it's like a... That's an old school one. Well, it's just a white, white Russian with, with yeah. Coke? Yep. Or do you do I've soda? Learned, yeah. 
I've learned that it's it's mentioned in two different names. It mm. depends on the region that Smith you're from and in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, it's the Smith and Wesson, I guess, on the West Coast. But if you go anywhere east of the Rockies, it's called the Colorado Bulldog. Really? Yeah, I've heard that too. Wow. There's a Smith and Kearns too, which is with soda instead of Coke. And some people get that confused when they mix mm. them up. Yeah, <clears throat> I like I like the Moscow Mule though. That's my favorite. It's my favorite, like lemonade, but I want to get drunk drink. Let's <laughs> mm-hmm. say it's it's um ginger beer is like the one of the most versatile mixers, man. You can you can mix it with you can do a Moscow Mule, you can do a Kentucky Mule, you can do uh was that we did a, a Oaxaca Mule with mezcal. I wasn't here for that, was I? No, we did was that, that at my work. We did that oh, because oh, okay. I work in a in a Mexican bar. We have a lot of mezcal and tequila, so we always That's try to. True. And we do. Yes, I mean, it it mixes with just virtually every spirit, which is delightful. Not many things. I love ginger. Not many things do that. It'll go that well. Soda water, maybe. I love ginger and sushi. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, yeah. Ginger ale, the soda, the ginger beer. I love ginger. Yeah, yeah. Sit in the sand, drink one of these, eat some some sushi. Oh, that's romantic. (laughs) I'll crush that. (laughs) 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 Do you have any heartwarming stories? Any, Any meaningful stories? Oh, yeah, I mean, I guess I have, um, well, I have some stories about, uh, me kind of just being a, like a, I don't really know, like, like a, like a big brother, I guess you would say. Yeah, yeah, Um, so this one time I was working at an Irish pub, and, um, Hmm. this girl, so from what we put together was, she was at the bar, sitting next to this dude, and... She went outside, told the bartender, she's like, hey, I'll be back, blah, 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 blah. She's got to get something. And so she goes outside, and she leaves. And uh, she comes back, and I'm working on the door, and she comes back, and uh, she's just the, at the seat, and a couple, about an hour or so gets goes by. And she went from, like, normal sitting up straight to just fucking hammered, mm-hmm. like, Straight up, like, head down. Eyes are going horizontal. They're not even up and down anymore. They're going left to right. Like, she's, like, lost equilibrium. And um, so um, she's uh, so she's fucking hammered. And there's this fucking dude sitting next to her, like, two seats away. But he's, like, ta- trying to talk to her while she's fucked up. Because I think he knows that she's all fucked up. And uh, he's, like... And fucking, he has, and he's like, fucking hyenas. he's the quintessential, he's wearing, what he wore was a light gray t-shirt, khaki cargo shorts, hmm. uh, brown hiking shoes, he had black rim glasses, and he had a ponytail, brown hair ponytail, and he looked like a computer nerd, but I'm like, okay, and he's like talking to this, to this girl, and this girl's a good looking girl, hmm. and so my first initial thing was that he, this dude drugged her yeah drugged her and so i'm like what the fuck and and i'm like are you okay i was just like hey let me get you a cab she's like and the first thing he goes she's fine dude and i'm like hmm. she's not fine dude. Didn't she's ask you, bro. Fucking, her fucking head is on the fucking table you think she's fine she's like she's fine i was talking to her i mean it doesn't fucking matter she's fucking hammered dude like she's mm-hmm. gotta go he's like what are you who the fuck who the fuck are you to say that and i was like i'm security motherfucker you see this shirt <laughs> and i'm sitting in my head i was just like why the fuck is this guy's you know what? When I get back, when I get done with this mother, when I get done with this girl, I'm kicking this motherfucker out. Mm. And so he, and so like I'm like, whatever, bro, stay the fuck out of this. And he goes, man, whatever, dude. And so I start talking like the girl, and she's like fucking super hammered. So she like I carry her out, and I'm like, hey, let's go outside, let's go outside. So we get to the front, 
And that fucking creepy guy follows behind him because he wants to play fucking like, oh, now that he's calling 911, like, let me get involved and seem like a fucking good Samaritan. Mm. And then this other guy comes out and they're fucking, so I get her out and I sit her, I put her out on this fucking chair and I sit and she's kind of like holding on to my pants and, uh, and I'm on the phone 911 and I'm like, hey, I was like, yeah, can I get you guys down here? Blah, blah, blah. Like, like, what's wrong? I was like, there's a girl that's like not coherent she's super hammered or like some we, we think she's been drugged it's been about an hour that when we saw her she was upright walking now mm-hmm. an hour later she's fucking incoherent and can't talk they're like okay well we'll send a unit down there so they're sending you down there and i was just like i'm pretty sure that she got drugged and so the unit comes down and as they're coming down it's about like they take about 15 20 minutes i'm like on the phone 911 talking and these guys that creepy dude and this other dude um, they're like standing around me and the girl's like super hammered she goes from like being super hammered to just like wakes up and realizes there's a guy in front of her so then she starts trying to undo my pants she's like trying to unbuckle what? my fucking oh. the top of my jeans uh-huh. and trying to zip uh, zip my zip unzip my zipper and I'm like I'm like on the phone that I want I'm like fucking like, stop like, oh, no. no stop and she's like she fucking like sat back in the seat and like grab the handles and then put her legs over her head. What? And she started like gyrating. It was the fucking craziest thing. And she started gyrating, like looking at me. And I was just like, Yeah, can you guys get fucking down here, please? Like <laughs> right help, now. Help. <laughs> and and so this is happening, and I'm like full on brother like big brother mode. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, your ass needs to go to the hospital. Yeah, come on, girl. You're fucking <laughs> drugged. Yeah. And like, especially then she's doing all this like sex shit. Yeah. So I was just like, I was like, yeah, like so you guys need to get down here, get down here. And so um, they're pulling up and fucking the dude and the creepy guy with the ponytail and this other dude in a fucking hat and they're fucking looking at they're looking at her while she's like got her fucking legs mm-hmm. in the air and gyrating creeping. and the dude starts rubbing her hair I'm on the phone now one dude starts rubbing her hair and this is I'll never forget this he goes oh dude she looks fucking ready dude that's what he said and I was on the phone now one and I full on went fucking Big brother, I was just like, you better fucking get your hands off a fucking head or I'm gonna break your fucking jaw right the fuck now. Yeah. He's just like, Whoa, what am I doing? I was like, back the fuck up, mm. or I'm gonna set this phone down, I'm gonna beat the life out of you. And he was just like, What dude? Like, chill the fuck out. I was just like, Bro, back the fuck up. Back the fuck up. And then like and I had to get back onto the phone nine one one. And uh like keeping the hyenas. And I was bay. like, What the fuck is wrong with you guys? Like this girl is like out of her fucking mind and you guys are just like Oh yeah, dude, she's super horny. I was like, dude, I, if if I was not on the clock, I would. I'm getting worked up right now, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if I was not on the clock, I would have beat the shit out of those guys. Like yeah. if I was like, didn't fuck. If I was drunk, decide them said, creeping like that. Fuck. Like, and the guy with the fucking ponytail was just like, I wanted to hit him in the face as soon as he started talking. So yeah. <sighs> my adrenaline's going right now, but <laughs> but. Um, Count to ten. <laughs> yeah, count, count to ten. Yeah, I, was, I hit the fucking table. All right, but anyways, um, so so come to find out, mm-hmm. she actually didn't get roofied. Mm-hmm. So what happened was, she fucking was like, "All right, I'll be back." Blah blah blah, and she goes down and leaves, and she had like stashed a fifth of vodka mm-hmm. like down in the alleyway. By, with a bag that she had bought at uh-huh. QFC and she oh, pulled it off from behind the garbage can and slammed the whole thing and then came back up and then when she was up there they, she, her blood alcohol level was insanely high yeah and so yeah. She, she had alcohol poisoning but mm-hmm. like the fact that like she like came coherent enough to want to have sex was that's even a scarier indicator yeah. of like how much of an alcohol problem she had right. mm-hmm. she like came out of like 
And she was a small, good-looking girl. She was from Florida. I remember that because uh, we were trying to – she was like – I was trying to get her to – first I was trying to call her a cab. Mm-hmm. And so I took her ID and I was looking at her ID. And I was just like, well, I'll just give the ID to the cab driver. The cab driver would fucking take you home. And um, It's from Florida. Yeah. She's from Florida. So I was like, oh, well, fuck. That doesn't work. No, it and so, that's an expensive yeah. cab, right? But that's how I know she's from Florida. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was a fucking crazy ass fucking. <laughs> so the moral of the story is, you stop these two guys from basically gang raping mm-hmm. this chick. Yeah, it's crazy. You know the thing about yeah, you know what? <laughs> so now we're going. So so the thing about this whole fucking uh, the nightlife uh-huh. is that um, it's probably just a lot like of it. The huh? whole well, no, just like the sexual assault and the sexual harassment and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we want to do this whole like meet like. You want to do this whole Me Too and, like, start, you know, fucking reporting people that are sexually harassing or fucking guys that have forced themselves on women. And that's all great. Mm -hmm. But the thing about with that whole situation is that, like, for that to work more, it has to be less of symbolic, like, celebrities. I mean, that always has to happen. But what it needs to happen is the prosecuting sexual assaults like mm-hmm. when we work in the nightlife security and police you can ask security and police we get sexual assaults like on a nightly basis mm-hmm. and the thing about it is a lot of women and i get it they're scared they're like i don't want to be a part of this whole thing to be called a liar or some some shit like that right. but there needs to be more prosecution for really anything to really make sense because there's a lot of people a lot of guys that actually should have gone down for mm-hmm. sexual assault um but just the girl didn't want to press charges. Yeah. And so the cop. Well, it's a so shitty process to go through. It's I totally mean, a shitty process. I get it. Yeah. But I just wish that, there was. Yeah. I'm not saying that there's a way to do it, but I just wish prosecutions would happen more. For sure. Because, For sure. because that whole situation. Um, last year, and this is the story I actually was trying to tell. Last year, I was working. Uh, I was working at this venue, and uh, this guy comes in and he's fucking hammered. It's Fourth of July. Is hammered and um, he's fucking. They're all drunk, blah blah blah. Like the fireworks go, they get done with the fireworks, and so I'm sitting there working with the bartenders, and we're just washing the door, checking IDs. And uh, <clears throat> he comes in drunk as fuck, and he's been hanging out with a bunch of people. And so the night's pretty much done, and this girl, uh, she was already in there, comes out, and then comes back in to uh, announce to her friends that the Uber had came. And when that happened, she started to. Uh, when she was going to open the door and to walk in, the guy that was super hammered pinned her in between a corner, like where the red door of this red door and so this wall, and just started groping her. Grabbed her breast, grabbed her crotch, grabbed her butt, kissed on her neck, and pinned her while like grabbing her throat. She broke broke free, and she just shoved him away, and was just like whatever, and then fucking walked. Mm-hmm. But that was enough for me to intervene, and right. so. So she shoved him away. And she's like, "Fuck that!" And he walks out, and I'll never forget it. But he like grabs, so she shoves him away, and he kind of gets shoved off. And he looks at the girl, and he smiles, and he's just like, "Ha ha ha!" kind of thing. And she just kind of walked away. And so, and as soon as he fucking opened that door, I ran up behind him, I slapped him in the back of the head, which off centered him, mm. and shoved him, I shoved him over, and then um, isolated his wrist kicked his foot out, hip tossed him into the ground, put my knee in his back, twisted his arm into a chicken wing mm-hmm. and crossed his feet. And then I sat on his feet 
It's actually, if you go onto my Instagram, you can see that video. When I sat on him, he was straight up hogtied. The only arm he had that was free, that was his left arm, but he had Mm -hmm. zero leverage, so there's nothing he could do about it. down. Dude, and his he legs were, with it. Yeah, his legs were crossed, and I was sitting on his legs, and so his ankles were crossed like that. <laughs> and so, when if he even tried to roll or anything, he would have zero leverage. He would just make his legs fall asleep more, yeah, because you know, they would just get tighter and tighter from the angle. Um, it was a really cool thing that I learned from a police officer in 2012 <laughs> about crossing when you take somebody on the ground and then you're cuffing them mm-hmm. or when you're restraining them. That somebody, like a, another guy, goes to the feet, crosses the feet, brings the feet up to the butt, and sits on them. Um, that way, they can't roll their hips. Yeah, and so they can't, you eliminate the hip movement. Exactly. You mm-hmm. can, you know, all they got is their knees, and they can't do anything because they yeah. can't leverage with their feet or anything yeah. like that. So It's a big jiu-jitsu thing, too. Mm-hmm. You control the hips, you control the body. Exactly. And so when we're chicken-winging, get, demanding pain compliance, we're also not allowing him to roll on us. Mm-hmm. We're also not allowing him to like roll or anything like that, so it, he gasses out, and right. so it works really well. And so I did it to that Just guy. Let, let him wear himself mm-hmm. out, and... and so we got the guy for fucking for a sexual assault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The girl was still there, and I, I'm telling the girl, I was just like, press charges. So Kirkland PD shows up, and they're just like, hey, blah blah blah, like we can press charges for this guy. This guy is actually a known sex offender, and she's just like. She's just like, no, 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 no. I don't want to be involved. I was like, he just sexually assaulted you. She's just like, I don't want to be involved. I'm not doing it. And I was just like, if you don't do it, they can't take him to jail for that. Mm-hmm. And because they can't take him to jail for that, you're gonna, he's going to walk free he's gonna and he's going to do, do it again. again. When, when I was working in Bellevue one time, we fucking got uh, this dude that fucking um, was he would, would, a girl would go in the stall he'd be in the other stall and he'd reach under the stall when the girl was like peeing and he would mm-hmm. grab their shit while they're peeing like their leg or their butt or anything like that or he'd put his hand before they sat down type of thing um so anyways we we arrested that guy um i didn't i was there for the arrest mm-hmm. um but uh what happened was one of the officers was just like Looking at the guy, he's like, what the fuck, man? He's like, what are you doing? You're a fucking level, he's a level three sex offender. He's like, you're a level three sex offender, and you were registered? And Why do you keep fucking doing this? And the guy looks at the cop, and he goes, I don't know. I can't stop. But I'm always going to, I just know that if I'm free, I'm going to do it again. Jesus Christ. That's what he said to the cop. I have the cop's name. I'm friends with him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like friends, friends with him. I'm social media friends with him. Mm-hmm. Like, so prosecute these fuckers. Yeah, and so I was with that guy. And so... I'm sitting there. I'm like, these guys aren't getting prosecuted, mm-hmm. and they're gonna walk free, and they're not gonna be under a government registration. Mm-hmm. They're just gonna keep constantly assaulting, constantly assaulting, and that's that small little no, I don't want to be involved. It adds up, yeah, and it's sure. always the small things that count. And when it comes to that, the Me Too movement and women being treated equal, and you know, having respect for just the woman's body, like mm-hmm. those, no, I don't want to be involved. Every time you say no, it it validates the other guys even though he doesn't like he might get in trouble but it validates that guy's like i can do it again yeah he's gonna do it again yeah so if you say no you're just you're willingly creating another victim down the road too you know not to not to not to be that dickhead but like i mean like you know stop him as soon as you can if it happens it sucks to go through that whole thing but it sucks more for him yeah you know and you want it to suck more for him it's 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 something that's going to be an inconvenient and out of your day to do but it's it's mm-hmm. absolutely necessary to stop these pieces of shit and people people can be like well i don't want to go to court and also i've done that i've done security for eight years now i've gone to court for pretty much every venue i've worked for ever yeah. and 
everything was is the same thing. A material witness. I had to stand and I had to point that guy out. I was like, yeah, that's the fucking dude that sexually assaulted that female. I was like, that's him. Because if I didn't stand up and point at him, they would have no case. Yeah. And so then that guy walks free. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm like, like, I don't want to be like a fucking whistleblower or anything like that. But it's like at the same time, like if you want like things to happen, like you have to play ball. Like if you want like. Like, people to care about more about the sexual assaults and the sexual misconduct and stuff like that. Prosecutions have to happen, which mm-hmm. is why I'm happy that the celebrities are getting fucked over, the ones that are like Kevin Spacey mm-hmm. and whoever the fuck. But it's like, it's the guys that have nothing to do with movies or anything like that. Like, the everyday guy that's like yeah. goes and works at one spot and then goes on his nights out and becomes a fucking dirtbag. Yeah. Those guys, every time they get, a, they get released from jail saying that you you're free to go. They're, all that tells them is that I can do this again. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not, and they I'm, get I'm, more. They get bolder and bolder every single time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we watch all these movies and TV shows, and, and we watch the news where you know we see people who are like, you know, the woman gets a sexually she gets sexually she gets sexually assaulted, and then you know the uh, uh, you know, the police officer helps her find a, a good attorney, and then the attorney is is a woman, or it's a, a a guy who had a sister who was assaulted, and so they go above and beyond, and it's all cool, and we get all excited for for the justice system to work, but then when it happens to us in our daily lives, mm-hmm. you know, it's like we don't want to be bothered with this. It shit. Takes more than forty-five minutes. To yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It takes a while, but it's like mm-hmm. you know, from what I'm listening to, to what you're saying, it's like this shit happens all the goddamn it time. It fucking happens mm-hmm. all the time. And yeah. if we had people like you and women who would stand up and be like, "No, you know what? I am, I am going to say something. I'm going to mm-hmm. take, you know, more than forty-five minutes out of my life, and I'm going to make sure that this piece of shit goes to jail." Mm-hmm. You know? And gets punished for what he did. Right. Yeah. That's a big thing, is that like they're just going unpunished every mm-hmm. single time. And the most the police can get them on is disorderly conduct. Yeah. Right. If that person does not want to comply, disorderly conduct is the most general criminal charge that they can give somebody um, and take them to jail for three days or for the habeas corpus, mm-hmm. seventy-two hours, whatever the fuck. Um, but <laughs> that's the only that's the only thing it can do. And, and that makes that frustrates police officers, and yeah. I understand that it frustrates me because they're coming for sure. back for the same shit. Day well, in, day the police out. officers are there because they want to, you know, help people. They want to solve yeah. crime. You know, they want to mm-hmm. stop crime, prevent crime. You know, that's, that's yeah. one of the ways to do it. And it's it's frustrating because it's it, out of their know? hands. Yeah, like someone someone's got to do it because mm-hmm. if if you don't, someone else will. Like yeah. if you remove the police force that is active right now, there'll just be another guarding force at some point yeah. that yeah. pops up. Well, that's what we do. You know, as humans, you're you're living proof. We take care of each other. You know, mm-hmm. there's 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 definitely a certain percentage of us. That, I mean, you walk into a room and you start assuming security positions until they just give you a job as security. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. That's the crazy <clears throat> thing I've learned about working security is that people people instinctively play a role Mm -hmm. i don't know what it is but i've learned in stressful situations when it's like life or death or like everyone plays a role when they know they can't run away Mm -hmm. everyone takes a role it's crazy like i've watched people like some people become they take on crowd control some people take on the medical side they're like what does he need what a pain to just Mm -hmm. like 
like, oh, you know, keep us, you know, steady his head. Some, you know, some people will take on the protector side. Mm-hmm. But who was responsible for this? And they'll try to figure out who the fuck that person was. They'll fight anybody that tries to intervene. Yeah. Like, it's crazy to watch that. I always watch the. the it's people. pretty cool to like think about like, just like when we were like humans were like roaming around is like just bands and like wolves would attack and everybody kind of had to do that or you know or like you know another tribe would come and then that would just be the the tribe everybody would break down into what their instincts kick instinct in and was just take your role i it's mean pretty um, fucking cool so i mean i worked at um when when munch bar existed i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. we can talk about munch bar we can talk about yeah, munch bar yeah they don't have to say any of their affiliates fucking, um, <laughs> When Munch Bar existed, that fucking, when that shooting happened mm-hmm. and that fucking dude died, I was there for that whole thing. The whole thing, yeah, front I mean, to back. I was there for it. when it built up. I was there for, I remember how it started. Mm-hmm. It was insane. It was a Seahawks 49ers game when we beat uh, it was, the Niners with yeah, it was like Jim the, Harbaugh. The first and time we beat them. Uh, like in that big rivalry, yeah, and that yeah. was the that was the game that my, uh, Cam Chancellor hit Vernon Davis on the sidelines, yeah. and they gave him a massive hit, and they gave him and they gave him a red flag, yeah. but then he went back and saw that it was he hit him yeah. square in the chest, but it just was so hard. Yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, at that time in the NFL, it was fucking like it was deemed uh, illegal to hit like that. Um, but you know, it, whatever. Um, so. I thought- they thought he like hit him with the head, but then he went he back had, and saw that He led with his shoulder. Was... They still gave right. him the But at the munch bar. Yeah. Sorry. So anyways. <laughs> We're talking about Seahawks all day long. Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> so uh, with munch bar, uh, so the... So... <laughs> Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Fuck Pete. Okay. All right. So with munch bar, after that game, it was like, oh... They're gonna to come to this place because they always come to it. And then we had this, we had this venue, or we had this night. It was called All, All Star Sundays, and that's when those players would come in after the game and they would play, or they would come and hang out and drink, blah blah blah. blah. And uh, so we're all get done watching the game and we're getting ready for the game or getting ready for the night. And it's like a, it's a ten thirty, ten forty five, and me and my friends, or me and my security guys, one guy I just hired, he was an MP. Um, just got back from Iraq like five months before, and he was on two tours. He did that was his second tour, and so he'd seen combat. And so um, I just hired that guy, and I hired a couple other guys. Um, and so the night goes on, and it gets like all of a sudden we're standing out on the front door, and then just like coming up the parking lot was just a line full of cars. Mm-hmm. They all got out of the car. It's just a bunch of people. We're on the fourth floor of the parking garage. So yeah. Like the, yeah. Yeah. And then um, they all get out of the car and they um, <clears throat> get in line. And so we're doing pat-downs, wand checks, ID checks, all that stuff. And then we had security. So two guys were on the front door. There was one guy right behind the front door in our room. That's three. We had six guys. And then one guy in the middle of that room, you know, where the bathrooms were. Mm-hmm. And then one guy in the exit door. So that, that guy actually didn't even really count. So it was technically <laughs> yeah, only five guys night. in it. We weren't, we weren't supposed to have a busy night. It was a Sunday night. It was, yeah. But it was busy as fuck. And, it was um, like Saturday night busy. Yeah, it was, it was fucking Friday insanely night busy. busy. Yeah, it was nuts. Like, we got overwhelmed. Like, security couldn't uh, handle it. Bartenders couldn't handle it. Servers couldn't handle it. Um, fights started breaking out. Um, so they're fucking arguing and shit and, uh, about a fucking drink order. It was just mm-hmm. busy as shit. And, Damn. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, we fucking... Uh, <clears throat> so I get called in... Um, was like, hey, go inside. They're fucking. Uh, there's a like fights breaking out. I can't. I have lost control of the fucking the floor. I can't get in. And then uh, was over there, and he's just like, 
um, hey, he's like, can you go in too? And we're like, you're going to take security off this door? Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. And we're like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, me and she, like, is a six foot three, six foot four, 280 pound black man and i am a six foot one six foot two at the time was 370 pounds samoan looking dude so he took that off and replaced himself with a five foot nine hundred and fifty pound white dude in a suit and Mm -hmm. this is with a fucking like a hood crowd like there was no dress code it was all-star sunday so it was Mm -hmm. a hip-hop night and so fucking just hella fucking people and uh they don't give a fuck. If you don't present a threat to them, they don't give a fuck. They'll walk right by you. They'll mm-hmm. be like, you're either going to touch me or you're not. But if you touch me, I'm going to kick your ass. Me right. and five of my friends that are standing right next to me. So if you don't present an actual threat to them, they don't give a fuck. Um, and <clears throat> so we pulled in. All this fight and shit started happening. We are breaking up fights. And I'm clearing crowds and shit. And I'm like, using my flashlight. And he's telling these people they can't come in. And there's all these people that are leaving. And what happens is... One of the fucking kids that gets by him and goes, fuck you, I'm not going to listen, is a fucking 19-year-old kid with a gun. Mm-hmm. So he gets into the fucking, uh, he gets into the bar. <clears throat> so he fucking gets in, he gets into the venue a with a gun. He actually wasn't going in to shoot anybody. He just mm-hmm. had a gun on him. Yeah, he just, but the yeah. other guy recognized yeah. him, right? It was the one that died. Mm-hmm. Him and his group recognized that kid that kid had stole a bunch of money from them like fifty, sixty thousand dollars worth of Damn. money i don't know how but um so he fucking stole it from him so it was on site they immediately started fighting they mm-hmm. fucking started fighting blah 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 like push can pushing and jumping and like fucking there was two guys fighting like six to eight people it was watching the security cam and that shit and fucking um so anyways dude pushes breaks free and jumps on the couch and fucking starts Brack pulls his gun out, just fucking starts busting shots and tags some girl in the neck, fucking shot his own friend in the forearm and the hand, and then he shot the dude like four times or five times. He had a forty caliber gun. Mm-hmm. But um so he fucking shoots that guy and then takes off running in the crowd. Uh SWAT team shows up, fucking it was like it was a Sunday night, so there was like not enough units that night. And so they had to have Seattle PD, Redmond PD, Kirkland PD, Bellevue PD, fucking Mm-hmm. state patrol like any units that were available had to come in yeah and i was there till five because uh people started rioting and fighting and shit at that point it wasn't even yeah they any... jumped over and started stealing yeah. liquor in the tip jars mm-hmm. and was one of the guys that yeah. fucking jumped over i know you're gonna have the to whole... bleep that shit out but yeah uh, his name but that piece of shit he fucking jumped over and just started attacking mm-hmm. and fucking yeah he was hurt man yeah he was got fucking chased off and fucking people jumped over stole the tip jars and shit and we Mm -hmm. fucking yeah i fucking fought five people that night i was so tired from fighting that people i just had to like put myself in a corner and gain my strength back but i didn't fucking quit i stayed there till the end like i stayed there till 5 30 and uh, remember that shit i was i was i wasn't there for that night but i remember hearing about it and just like god i can't even imagine the pandemonium that like ensued to to me that all that mattered was that it was my friend's that we're working security with mm-hmm. and the people that I worked with that I told them that I was going to protect them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the thing about, uh, you did, hmm? you did. I tried You're fucking badass. Dude. You <laughs> kept people safe. Yeah. No, I'm I tried to you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was like five, dude, I stayed five thirty. I remember they were at the Starbucks where the PF Changs were. Mm-hmm. We had to like, 
isolate ourselves there because people were like going from car to car just fucking hitting people because they were mm-hmm. just angry that police wouldn't let anybody out. Yeah, everybody's just, everybody's adrenaline's at fucking, fucking yeah. eleven and they just want to hit yeah, something. People are riding, yeah. they're picking up garbage cans, throwing them into the fucking restaurant windows and shit. Mm-hmm. They're fucking angry. And the thing about it is that they're even angrier because when the guy that got shot, when ambulance finally got there, that guy was pronounced dead on arrival. And when he was pronounced dead on arrival, they didn't take him back to take you know take care of him. It's a murder scene now, right? Yeah. And so they don't touch him. Mm-hmm. And not only that, they don't fucking tell anybody else that they're like, oh, this is a murder scene, everybody back the fuck up, you know? They just don't tell you anything. They just say back the fuck up. Um, so the family of the guy that died is standing right there trying to demand fucking answers. Cops are like, fuck you. We're not telling you anything. They're just like, back up or we're going to hurt you. And they got their fucking ARs. They're fucking uh-huh. standing there like, we're going to fucking kill you if you press. Right. While they're doing a fucking murder scene and they're fucking like, CSI's there and doing their thing and uh, the detective's there I remember the detective was in the office reviewing the cameras I was talking to him and he was asking me a few questions about like wh- how what I think started and and then the, and I told him I was just like I'm I'm pretty sure this is an isolated incident and, like they mm. recognize each other I'm not sure if he went out for a hit he's like yeah, no it, it wasn't a hit. hit I was like I don't think it was a hit I think it was more of like they just recognized each other and it was an on site type wrong of thing. time wrong place and sure shit that's what it was um, but yeah so so, anyways, that traumatizing night, I fucking, uh, I didn't even sleep for the entire next day. I sure. fucking, uh, adrenaline spiked, man. Yeah, I fucking went home. I remember sitting at the edge of my bed, and I just like, I can't sleep. My adrenaline's mm-hmm. going. My, I'm just, my head's going. I was just like, and you, did you, I do that? You, I could have done that better. In battle. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm just replaying the entire night. I was just like, I could have choked this guy faster this way if I was able to use this technique or mm-hmm. if I had someone back me up here and I'm just sitting there I'm just replaying the whole night I started getting like broke out and just cold sweats and then I fucking was just like I can't be in my room so I fucking drove to the Fred Myers in Totem Lake and I just walked around aimlessly mm-hmm. I was just like looking at clothes yeah. and then I ran into one of my friends I hadn't seen in like junior high and we started talking about the old times and laughing and shit but I was just like <laughs> That was a crazy fucking night. Yeah, man. And I went to the court for like five years for that. Wow. Depositions Damn. for fucking civil lawsuits, yeah. criminal lawsuits. Yeah, it was... I... Much more was a fucking shit show, but I fucking... I learned a lot working security. And I learned about a lot about nightlife working yeah. that shit. Yeah. Um, there was one time you and I... Uh, like, we were talking about stuff and... and uh, you had said something about, you know, like, these women and they, they go and they sit down in the corner and they don't want to talk to anybody and like they they feel uncomfortable that that you're there you know you're this big motherfucker you know uh e-honda looking motherfucker and they they're they're scared to come up to you even though home dude just like groped on them you know what would you say to these women that are out in these clubs that don't oh yeah i mean that are nervous to talk to security yeah they don't feel safe but you know you're there to make them feel safe so what would you say to them? i would say that like if they're afraid to talk to security because security guys can be assholes just talk mm-hmm. to the bartender bartenders are usually the fucking guys that talk to you anyway mm-hmm. if you tell the bartender bartenders usually are the best guys that communicate the security because we'll yeah. hear what the fuck we need to hear you yeah. know like who, find, who it is where where is he at and what do you need us to do find someone on staff like anybody on staff yeah. you're comfortable approaching i wouldn't even i wouldn't even say staff because the servers <laughs> really just kind of go uh but like yeah, and the barbacks kind of just go i'll find somebody but yeah I, the, the bartenders is like they are like they are bouncers when bouncers aren't there. Hmm. They are security yeah, when security is not there. So they are the like they can interpret the well, bar- they can interpret the complaint. So bartenders take a, take a lot of um, 
ownership of the room. I mean, that we're, yeah. we're we're liable for sure for the alcohol in the room. The and, you know, if if there is a situation that happens while someone's drunk, it's going to come back. It can come back to the bartender that served that person also. Yeah. Um, you know, and so. Yeah, we're, we're very invested in you know and just in the safety of the room I mean, you want to you want to work in a place that's fun to be at that people want to come to you don't want to work at a place where people are getting raped yeah but it's you, not a good I mean, rep just on like a you know on a low on a low-key standard it's just like bartenders get used to kicking people out yeah. when you, they get used to kicking people out they understand what it takes to get kicked out for yeah. so if someone comes over and complains to them and those people are expecting to talk to the bartenders already to know about their drinks or whatever the fuck their food menu is like they're gonna call they're gonna complain to the bartenders so the best thing to do is to communicate with the bartenders and then they can communicate with security obviously it's good to communicate with security guys but yeah. I mean, like, if you're on, you know, if the guys are too big or too uncomfortable for you to talk to, go talk to the bartenders. They mm-hmm. communicate just as much as we do. Bartenders are trained to be nice to people, even when they don't want to be. So, there's a lot of rough around the edges bouncers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's a few rough around the edge bartenders too. Yeah. I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah, cut from a similar cloth. <clears throat> we call this section our teachable moments. Teachable moments. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's you know it's just a way of imparting, you know, be, being being you, you know you you like to hold your industry to a higher standard, you know. So you and, said earlier that you want to have, uh, you want to start a professional uh, uh, professional business where you're teaching guys how to be bodyguards, how to be uh, security guards. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, I think it's just the most teachable moment would be like, you should. Be friends with the bartenders and be friends with the bouncers. Like getting to know us at the door because we're the first person that you see is usually a good thing. Yeah. Like when it comes to like fights or you know issues about you getting kicked out, there's really only two people that make that decision: it's bartenders and security. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the owners and stuff aren't there, and management is too busy to do another thing. So usually bartenders and security. Are, if you want a good night where you're taken care of and your night is like enjoyable. It's good to be friendly to the security and it's good to be friendly to the bartenders. It's just going to make your night a lot easier. Yeah. And that's just, that could just be just from being polite. I mean, sometimes a lot of people, they get fucking drunk and then they want to be too friendly and they start fucking with the security. They start switching IDs or fucking changing names and shit. But like, Mm -hmm. they're just, they think they're being cute with security and it's just get the fuck. <laughs> Let me see your goddamn ID. <laughs> you gotta um, follow the rules before yeah. we can be friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, always so tell people when I ask for their IDs, I'm like, "Hey guys, can I see your IDs?" And then we can start being friends. So I was like, huh. "Yeah, I need to know that you're at least old enough to hang out with me." Yeah, I continue the dialogue. You know, yeah. yeah, I wait for that. I wait for the dialogue to. As soon as I get done doing my checks, that's when I start the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no reason to continue because yeah. if I'm like, oh. I don't this know what's fake on you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This idea's fake. Now it's like, oh, you think I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. Uh, now yeah. you know where the respect level is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Awesome. All right. That brings us to the last call, man. Um, here's a shot. And here's your shot to talk about your projects, social media, or anything else. What's up, dog? 
I'm sorry, you were giving me shit at the beginning? You wanted you wanted scripts. <laughs> I wrote a script. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> right. Here's a drinker whiskey. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ellen, for being a part of the show. Uh, we really appreciate you coming and joining us. We love your stories, man. That was just an awesome experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you. So, uh, what's your What's your Instagram handle? Uh, Big Mo Butta Stacks. Actually, I have a pretty funny story about Go that. Go yes, yeah, tell please. us your story. Okay, so um, my other part of my life is that I am a grower. Well, I was a grower. I was a grower oh, for seven years. I'm a fan of this. And then I became... Ladies, he's a grower, not a shower. Yes, a grower, <laughs> not a shower. Um, but... Um, <laughs> I, be, I grew marijuana and then I got into the recreational uh, side of it and I started doing security. I was just doing security for that. And then I became, now I'm the purchasing manager for one of the venues. Um, but um, where was I going with this whole thing? Oh yeah. So when I was a grower, um, one of my nicknames is Big Mo. I'll never introduce myself as uh, I'm Big Mo, <laughs> but my name is Alan. But when my friends refer to me they're like oh big mo mm-hmm. i know big mo and my friend he came back from the military and we were all drinking one night and he was just like i'm gonna call you fucking big mo and i'm like no you're not gonna call me big mo. he's like no nah, i'm gonna call you big mo i'm gonna call you big mo and i was just like it's not gonna work dude it's a fucking stupid name and but the thing is is that i'm was 370 pounds 380 pounds so people mm. were just like okay big mo makes sense <laughs> like look just call him big mo and so they started calling me Big Mo. And, uh, Nicknames, man. You don't get to pick them. No. Yeah. So yeah. fucking like, all right, yeah, sure. I'll be Big Mo. And, um, but uh, so the name Butterstacks, it's pretty funny about that, is that. Um, I like that. So when I'm a grower, we went out drinking with this group. They don't exist anymore, but they were called Platinum Extracts. They won a dope cup for their extraction process. They had a really, really, really good BHO oil when it first BHO guys. first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, that was good. and they had a strain well it was Martian Mean Green and some other strain but uh, my buddy was like telling them about Big Mo Big Mo I was like oh Big Mo and then finally went out drinking with me and they were like dude we're gonna fucking name a strain after you <laughs> and I was just like no fucking way I was like you're not gonna name it. yeah we're gonna name a fucking strain after you and so they called it Big Mo Butter and so it's it's on my Instagram you can go pretty far down because i use my instagram as more of like a a memory logbook mm-hmm. rather than just like what other people use it as an instagram it's more of just like me to recall my memories <laughs> but like um if you go all the way down there is um some shatter made by platinum extracts and it's called big mo butter and the thing about it is that when we sold it at the medical industry um at like dispensaries and shit the the oil sold really well because it's platinum extracts they mm-hmm. fucking won a dope cup right yeah. And so they were fucking the but the fucking uh, the strain was selling so well that I was like stacking butter. So Big Mo Butter stacks. That's my name. Oh, that's my Instagram handle. Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. Good. Dude. Yeah, that's did you get any really residuals awesome. or anything for that? No, no. not even like a joint or like. Oh, like I, mean, I get free little, weed. Like if uh, I said, oh, free weed. That's residuals in my book, man. Yes, that's, yes, that's money. Yeah. That's how I got the name. That's my Instagram <laughs> handle. I love it. Well, that's a great handle. It's a great handle and a great story. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think at this point, that wraps up another life from the well. Um, thanks to everyone for listening. You guys are uh, the reason we do this. <laughs> Not really. Um, no, you are. 
Thanks, no Alan, for, for coming in. Thanks yeah. for telling us your stories yeah. um, a second time. <laughs> that's, a, that's an inside joke for us here. Um, <laughs> so, yes, thank you so much, and Alan. Peter's got Big Mo Butter Stacks. Uh, you know, we really appreciate you coming back and we love having you here. We love hearing your stories. Um, well, we always want to hear more Yeah, good I mean, ones. Of course, we don't want to ever have you come on being like, oh, I got shot or no, lost no. an arm or shit like that. Well, hopefully God, no. Jesus, <laughs> Peter, what the, the hell? Fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it got anyway. dark at the end there. Yes. yes I like that. It's <laughs> <laughs> all John yeah. Wick like. Right. Don't mess with my dog, bro. Okay. So thank you all very much for listening. Alan, again, thank you so much. Um, If you want to be a part of our show, go to our website, lifefromthewell.com forward slash guest. So again, thank you all very much for (laughs) tuning in. Yeah. Bye, guys. Good night. Peter's got to have the last word. No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to Life from the Well full of service industry stories and cocktail history. If you like our show and want to know more, check out lifefromthewell.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Join us next week for another new cocktail and guest.